0: Welcome to the Texas Home Improvement Super Podcast with Jim Dutton. All the best calls this week throughout the state of Texas. Brought to you by James Hardy Siding, the best siding on the planet.
1: Sally in Dallas,
0: how can I help you?
1: Hey, Jim. So I need to walk back a stupid thing I did with my back door. Uh Um, Uh-oh. I know. I have a punch lock on the handle, and a, I guess it's a single-cylinder thumb lock on the inside for a deadbolt. So what was ha- what began happening is when I would go out and try to lock it, um, the lock was real stiff, and I couldn't get it to go, so I put some WD-40 in it, Um, and even though I can still lock it on the inside, on the outside, it won't even bring the lock out. It just turns and turns and turns. So I don't know if
0: there's anything else that I could, you know, put in there to... Yeah. No, that's not going to be a lubrication problem. There is a pin inside there that when you turn the key on the outside in order to lock it, Uh that that would rotate and turn the, the bolt out and something has sheared off.
1: So even though I can still lock it from the inside? Yes, ma'am. Without,
0: yeah. Okay, so a
1: pin so, in Because
0: the, the the way the way it works is there's a little flat bar that is attached to the um keyed side of the mechanism and okay. it goes into a slot on the thumb turn side. And so mm-hmm. I'm thinking that that flat bar probably broke, and that's why you can turn the thumb side and still push the deadbolt out, but the key side won't work. Okay. So that's a locksmith issue? That's a new lock issue. That's
1: a new... All right. So you're not supposed to put WD-40 in lock Oh, no, that, that's... that
0: that didn't... I don't think that's what caused it.
1: Huh. Okay. So it just broke and...
0: Yep. All my efforts just didn't do anything other...
1: Okay, thanks. I'll you bet. break down and do that. Okay, <laughs> yeah. take
0: care, Sally.
1: Okay, bye-bye.
0: Bye. With the high cost of lumber these days, is it better to use cement board where possible, or has that cost gone up? Thanks. Actually, the cement boards and stuff have gone up in cost as well. Uh, virtually everything has gone up in cost. Now, lumber... Did uh, even off and, and started to drop a little bit, but then you know the fuel cost started hitting and and going up, and that just locked everything in the high position. Uh, I don't think we're going to see lumber dropping a lot from where it's at at this point, uh, not anytime soon, uh, because I can tell you just from my own business, the cost of fuel uh, as a percentage of the cost of doing business has drastically. Risen, and that means you gotta have a higher pricing on everything else, or you gotta make cuts elsewhere to make up that difference so um yeah you and the other thing is you gotta keep in mind cement board is not structural where when you're putting plywood or uh regular lumber, that's structural, so you gotta be careful where you use the cement board, typically the cement board is put on like around say a tub surround you've got the 2x4 studs and stuff and then you put the cement board there to attach the tile to it but if you're doing floors or something like that uh, you can put cement board down but it's got to be on top of something else that is structural so it kind of limits you where you can use it but uh, it is still more expensive than just using plywood or or some other material like that. Diana, how are you today? I'm good. How are you? Doing wonderful.
2: My question is: I am seventy, going to be seventy-two years old next month, and I am trying to build a new home. And uh, I had budgeted one hundred and ten dollars a foot for a barn dominium, but I'm finding I'm not even close.
0: No, and not so, today.
2: <laughs> I thought about. Becoming my own contractor and taking classes, and you know, trying to get this done because I take care of three special needs, medically fragile adults, and so right. I need handicap house, obviously, and some other things. What is your suggestion on where would I learn how to be my own contractor? Is it feasible? Because I'm scared out of my mind to try and do it, but I think I'm capable. <laughs>
0: You are. Uh, there is a a uh, organization called Owner Builder Network. Okay. Uh, and mm-hmm. uh, that's what they specialize in.
2: Using them, what do you think would be a price per square foot? Because it's so hard. No, there's builders that won't even give you a locked in price now. So you're just kind of <laughs> left out there to whatever oh, happens.
0: Yeah, it, it's. Uh, you know the prices I'm hearing on building homes and and doing remodels and stuff okay. is up in the 275 square oh foot price. Okay. It's just un unbelievable, uh, and and what's driving it is is twofold. One, the cost of materials have just gone outrageous. Uh, as an example, uh, three and four inch PVC pipe that you would buy one year ago for $1.50 a foot mm-hmm. is now running over $5 a foot to oh purchase it just because yeah. of the cost of oil. Um, and then the, the cost of getting it transported and stuff like that, has just it's just hammering everybody in the construction industry. And then to top it all off, the labor rates have just skyrocketed. Um, yes.
2: Yeah. Yes,
0: and so that's just that's just killing contractors, uh, and and making it very difficult for them to keep up with what's going on, uh, and the demand is so high in Texas for contractors, it's it's allowing the labor force to demand more money. So, mm-hmm. uh, look, do you think I'm, it'll
2: ever settle down? I mean, should I wait possibly?
0: Uh, Honestly, I think someday it, it'll probably slow down, but uh, at this point in time, I think we're a long ways away from it.
2: Okay. Okay.
0: Uh, I'm going to give you the number of, of somebody to call. Okay. Um, It's Shelton Construction at 817-423-7302. Okay. He he actually owns one of the uh, Builder mm-hmm. Network franchises. Mm-hmm. And he would be a great guy for you to talk to.
2: Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. I'm pretty scared, but I may have to start okay. on this venture. Somehow. Well, let me ask you a
0: question. Why why are you wanting to build a Barnum Indium? Are you gonna are you gonna have a lot of shop space?
2: Yes, we are. Um, okay. Maybe Mainly because we also do day hab with the special needs population, and I need the space to do that as well. Yeah, and we do animal rescue, so I've got a pretty full plate. And um, sold my house, and um, we're wanting to move to Will's Point to be closer to my son and my grandchildren. Okay. Uh, all of, I, my timing was really bad on all of this, obviously.
0: Yeah. Um, there, As far as looking at the buildings themselves, I don't know if you've mm-hmm. talked with the folks at Mueller Metal Buildings yet. No. But they've got some really nice designs that are ready to go already.
2: Okay, Mueller. Yeah. Is it Mueller Designs, is that what you're Uh saying, Mueller or? Metal Buildings. Oh, Metal Buildings, Okay. Well, I'd heard and was told that the barn dominiums would be cheaper than me trying to do a stick home. So, I'm Honestly, it, that,
0: it, it, and that's what I was going to say, it's really not, the, and that was the reason for the question I had, do you need shop space? Because if you just said, no, I don't need shop space, I'd have told you to do regular stick construction. But if you okay. need the shop space, then the metal building is the right way, the, the barn dominium is the right way to go because that will keep that cost down.
2: Okay. Okay. Thank you so much. I really enjoy your show and appreciate
0: you uh, taking the time. Oh, my pleasure. You have a great afternoon. You too. Thank you. Karen, this is Jim. How can I help you?
3: Hi there. Uh, Yes, Jim, I have a water problem that I have a hard time figuring out what I'm going to do here. My floors um, were up on blocks. But my floors uh, over the years have continued to rot from the bottom because of mm-hmm. the, the dampness under there. Now, when we first moved up here in 1978, <clears throat> um, you know, it, there was no water problems. We had no problem. But people started moving in, and they added dirt. And now I feel like I'm in this little cup right Uh, underneath my house my problem i've already put it i i've spent like seven thousand dollars on a french drain around my house but the water will. it continues to come in on and big on when it's raining a whole lot sure now my problem is i would like I, i don't know what to do about this except i would like to put a little bit of a maybe a crest on my backyard to make everything go from the middle to both sides and then down the fence line, which is what where my French drain drains down the fence line to the uh, ditch. Okay. But um, I don't know how to keep it from going underneath the back of the house by doing that. I, I'm just kind of um, in a frustrating uh, time. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well... You know, depending on how the layout is of everything, you can sometimes put swales to take the dirt or take the water around the house just like you're describing. Mm-hmm. Other times there's no choice but to put a drain system under the home. And you've you've said you got a French drain around the perimeter. Is is this a correct um a system that's deep down into the ground or only like a foot or two?
3: It's only about two feet.
0: Yeah. And, and and
3: and then on on top of that, they've got <clears throat> they do have a pipe down there with uh, uh, not the sock pipe but the um, the hard pipe that's right. got the holes in and then they covered that with a lot of rock
0: mm-hmm.
3: <clears throat> all the way up, all the way up. Yeah. It's nothing but right. rock all the way up.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Now the the thing is, though, a French drain captures subsurface water, moisture that's trying to travel through the soil. And mm-hmm. what I'm talking about would be more of a surface drain. Uh underneath a crawl space house, what you'd end up doing is uh sloping the soil to go into one or no more than two typically catch basins that mm-hmm. when water gets underneath the house it's able to be just pumped straight out. And I got that that way you know you're able to keep it much drier. And then you've got to keep proper ventilation so that it's not building humidity down there that's continuing to right. rot the wood. I,
3: I have no, I have around the bottom of my house. I've got a lattice um,
0: plastic okay. lattice uh,
3: around there so that I uh, it does get you know I I I caught onto that a long time ago. Yeah. But uh, but it yeah. So really, so, it's just
0: a matter of of. Uh, Resloping the soil that's under the home so that it just goes mm-hmm. into a spot that has a pump with a float switch that keeps it pumped out. Okay, so uh who
3: who would do something like that? I don't uh do West house we do it all the time. Oh okay. So when I'm ready I can just call y'all. Yep.
0: Yep. Just give Due all West right. Foundation Repair a call and we'd be Is more than happy a real to come out.
3: Expensive- is that a real expensive, uh, uh, repair? I mean, or whatever you call it. Yeah. Well,
0: I, I always ask this question, define expensive.
3: Well, I, no, I just, I'm just kind of looking at the, what kind of, I mean, I, we talk about 5,000, 10,000. Um, I've got a 2,400 square foot kind of ranch. It's, this
0: long, it, uh, it's really going to depend on how the, the the condition of the soil is underneath there, as far as mm-hmm. how much dirt has to be moved. Setting up of the pumps itself uh, really isn't all that bad. You're typically looking at, you know, maybe twenty five hundred dollars to set up the pumps, mm-hmm. uh, and and get all that working. Anything else is going to be. How much dirt has to be moved Labor to get the water to flow yeah. in the right spot
3: right, okay,
0: all right so well, I know so, so I mean, we've done now. some of them for as little as three thousand of of course, we've done some that were fifteen thousand, but that's that's a rarity, mm-hmm.
3: yeah, well, um, you know, like I said, we were one of the first ones up here, and um. We we knew we with a sandy loam soil we didn't want to put in uh, concrete slab so right. um, yeah. we went on blocks but uh, and then I, I got to tell you it's twenty years later twenty five years later we ended up raising the whole house up on um, putting it on another block yep so I'm up as far as I think I can go but like I said uh, people have been moving in they've been uh, over the years uh, everybody that moves in puts. <laughs> I can't tell you how many loads of dirt on their property. Yeah, and that just uh, I'm, well, and I, the poor guy next door oh. has has a like twenty four inch wall of dirt behind him because the man behind him put over a hundred loads on his.
0: Yeah, and see in in Texas, that's really not supposed to be happening where you're pushing water onto somebody else, but True. it happens all the time. But one thing you can go higher with your house if you need to. Uh, but chances are you don't really need to. Going to Northwest Houston. Hello, Donna.
3: Hi. Happy Saturday. Thank
0: you. You too.
3: Real quick question. you probably answered this in one way or another a million times, but uh, we've lived in older houses with uh, crawl spaces, and we're going to be building a retirement home. And with the way Houston floods, we were debating about another crawl space house or a slab. Um, The fact that we've been on a crawl space over 20 years has kept us from flooding. Right. But we've also had problems because it it has cost a lot to replace duct work and everything under the house with animals and the uh, the air venting and things. We've had to go back in there and redo things and re-insulate things. So in, And one option was that we were thinking of even getting a concrete house with a – building a concrete house with a perimeter uh, and then metal I-beams for the flooring maybe up to create the crawl Oh, yeah.
0: A pier pier and beam house is what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah, so, and this is the last house we want, and we would like to be it to be as cheap as possible once we retire. So, sure. over the long haul, do you see that it's more expensive to maintain the dryness and everything, like the lady that I was just listening to earlier with her problems with her crawl space? Over the long haul, is it, is it safer for maybe the crawl space in Houston and the flooding, or just build up higher with a slab?
0: Well, even if you build up, build with a slab, they're going to make you build it up higher. And mm-hmm. so uh, you're really not getting any advantage with the crawl space versus, um, versus a, a block and base type house. Uh, mm-hmm. Because the final elevation of the living floor, you know, the, the floor inside the house, mm-hmm. have to, they, they have to meet each other. The, it, with the new building codes, because of the flooding, um, now uh, typically what people are having to do is build them up on columns now. So you're you are talking about basically a pier or a block and base type house nowadays. What area of town are you looking at building?
3: Um, well, we have we've actually been looking around uh, out northwest or out past know, on the way to ninety, out that area, okay,
0: Cyprus, and out yeah. in that direction,
3: Cyprus. Yeah, a little, little past Cyprus. We're almost to Hockley now,
0: so okay, it would
3: be farther out or in Montgomery County, but it still floods everywhere now because everything's it does. being built up. <laughs> yep,
0: yeah. So, truthfully, uh, given what you're looking at doing, I would, I would be looking at putting it up on columns. Uh, find out what the flood elevations are. And build it a couple feet higher than current flood elevations, because everything keeps building up, and the flood waters keep getting higher all the time, and mm-hmm. if you want to avoid flooding, that's going to be the way to do it
3: okay, good deal well that's I just wanted your opinion that's what I was thinking, but my husband would probably listen to you more than me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Shame on him.
3: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much. You're we welcome.
0: It. Have <laughs> a good okay, afternoon. Bye-bye. Gail, how are you today?
3: Hello, I'm just fine. I have a question for you about the solar panel. Yeah. From a turbine. If we disconnect the turbine because uh, we don't need it anymore, uh, can we use a solar panel for something else inside the house?
0: Well, is is the panel mounted on the turbine?
3: It's on the roof. I mean, kind of open, like, above the turbine. Above the turbine. And then I see where the cord is coming through the the open ceiling. And I am just wondering, can it be plugged into something else?
0: It possibly can. for most of the turbines, though, they use such a small solar panel, it typically won't run a whole lot. You know, it'll it'll maybe run like the exhaust fan in a bathroom or or something like that, but you know, because that's all they're designed for is one little motor that way. Um
3: what about a small fan during a storm?
0: Um it possibly would if if it has a small enough motor on it. Most like uh uh fans though, box fans and things like that draw more than that turbine does, and so it probably won't produce enough electricity. What do
4: we do with it? Is
3: there anything we can do with it, with the solar panel, if we Pro- move it
0: on the roof? Yeah, probably not. Uh, and Now, I'm making the assumption now, understand that this is this a small solar panel that was uh, designed specifically for the turbine that you have, if this yes. is a larger, like a three-by-five panel, then yes, you absolutely have stuff you can do with it.
3: It might be that big. Or a f- it's three oh.
4: feet by five feet. No.
3: Well, that's, uh, it I'm is not a, sure how it is. A,
0: I heard uh, him in the background. Is that, that's a three-foot by five-foot, he said?
3: It could be.
0: If it's that big, yes, it can definitely be used for running, and that probably would run a box fan or something like that.
3: Mm-hmm. And, and so we would just um, pull well, the, the wiring from, from the turbine area down through the ceiling? Well,
0: what you'd have to check is where the converter is because it, it'll take and convert the sun's energy into... Power and you first thing you gotta do is see if it's converting it into uh, AC or DC power, Uh, and then yes, you would be able to just run a wire down, you know, uh, for using that. Uh, The there should have been a solar power company involved in putting that on the roof.
3: Was uh, the AC company
0: okay? I would give them a call because they probably have the hookups uh, and the knowledge to know where to, to hook in to give you that cord to be able to plug something into.
3: I see. Okay, well, thank you very much.
0: You bet. You take care. So Rose in Houston sends in an email. She says, hi there. Our pool decking is flaking and coming apart. It started as cracks and has progressed to flaking away and breaking apart. We did not have it installed. To, uh, it has, looks to have a wood plank stamping appearance and flaking looks to be some kind of plaster powdery appearance and crumbles. I have no idea what happened, but I want it fixed or replaced. It would be good to know what the issue was so we can avoid the issue reoccurring. Um, I fear there is no option other than to replace all the decking. Um, thanks, Rose. Well, Rose, uh, be honest with you. You're probably right. Uh, this sounds like it's an overlay, uh, which is basically you had concrete there. The overlay is put in on top of the concrete. Now, what we don't know is did the concrete have cracks in it already? When the overlay was put on, or did the the cracks come later? And you know uh, one of the unfortunate things is so often the overlay companies will say, "Oh well, th- this overlay is stronger than the concrete." And you know what it it probably is. I mean, some of these overlays are seven, thousand psi. Concrete around a pool deck is typically only three thousand psi concrete. The problem is you typically have four inches of concrete and less than a quarter inch of overlay it's not going to hold up to the crack underneath in the concrete and what happens is as the concrete expands and contracts with temperature and moisture and things like that it cracks the overlay now typically these overlays do require a sealer coat be added every year or two and if that process is skipped as time goes on Moisture can get down into the overlay, and that's where it'll start flaking and peeling, and it kind of sounds like that's a combination of what you've got going on. The crack came through the, the from the concrete through the overlay. It wasn't resealed, and so moisture goes down through in that crack, gets into the material, and then it starts flaking off. And if that's what it did happen, which it sounds like it did, yeah the choice is going to be peel it off and replace it Um, now and and I'm not gonna say these overlays are bad I mean they they look good they do hold up but they do require a little bit of maintenance on them and so I would just contact some of the overlay companies uh, because the big issue is going to be does it all got to come off in order to uh, you know put the new one on or Are you going to be able to go over it? Uh, with With the overlay, if you can go over it, your only fear factor is going to be, hey, did the new one or did the old one stay adhered? Because if the old one gives loose, the new one's coming off with it. And so typically I recommend take everything off, get back down to the original concrete and come up new that way. Debbie, welcome to Texas Home Improvement. How can I help you?
5: Hi. I am calling with a question about, I guess, potential foundation issues. Um, I have a townhouse that I had built back in 2019, so I've only been in it less than three years. And around where the grass meets the foundation of the house, there's like holes that I can actually put my hand off in around my house. Or the one end of it, I guess I should say, because I live on an end unit. Okay. And then also, I don't, I'm sorry, but I don't know the sections of a driveway in the garage other than the apron is the first part of the driveway. Right. But where the driveway meets the garage, so to speak,
0: uh-huh.
5: it has separated like an inch and a half. And so I don't know if I need to fill that with something or. You know what should I do in those situations where there's all those gaps and spaces?
0: Okay, so let's let's start with the side of the the unit. Uh, you you said there's about an inch and a half gap between the soil and the concrete, correct?
5: Even more because I like I said I can put my fist in some of the openings.
0: Okay, that's normally caused. You know we're, we're in a, actually a drought right now, uh, mm-hmm. and we're we're moving rapidly into a severe drought. And the soils, when they dry out, they shrink. When they get wet, they'll expand again, but not quite as much as they were. And that is what causes foundation movement. The fact mm-hmm. that your unit is so new, you probably aren't experiencing any foundation movement yet. But this could lead to it in the future if not addressed. And really, all it needs is some watering. Uh, mm-hmm. Typically around a foundation, you put soaker hoses, uh, and give it just a little bit of water every day, and you will see that start to close up. Um, okay. If you go to our website thiPro.com, uh, there's actually a video there that shows you how to properly water the foundation. Mm-hmm. And you know, if you if it's something you don't want to do on your own, Due West does install drip irrigation systems in order to maintain foundations that way. But uh, being it's a uh, town home typically the association takes care of that type of maintenance so you may want to talk with them and say hey here's what I'm seeing and this will lead to foundation problems Mm -hmm. Um, now understand I own a foundation uh, actually I own two foundation repair companies now but uh, so I'm I'm coming from you from the contractor aspect of it that uh you don't do the maintenance you will be hiring a contractor to to do repairs
5: and, well i actually do feel like there is foundation issues i've had um i have several cracks in my garage and one that runs from one side of my house and you can see the exterior cracks all the way into the under my cabinet so and they've repaired and replaced cracked tiles and stuff in my unit several times
0: what about um, what about sheetrock and doors and things like that
5: Yes, I had eighteen places in the corners of like my windows and doors uh-huh. that had to be redone.
0: Uh yeah. You you it it sounds like you've got movement already then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh I, I tell you, it doesn't cost anything for us to take a look at it. And by doing that we can draw it up, take elevations and document where it's sitting right now. And that okay. way as time goes on other readings can be taken to see how much movement has occurred since the original set of readings were taken i would probably recommend that take place because eventually it's going to need repairs and it's, since the unit's only 3 years old that would normally at this point fall back on the builder
5: yes and i've actually i actually had one company come out early on like at six months to maybe even a year, and they did show movement, and I have those measurements. Um, but the builder is constantly saying there isn't, but I know there is with all of the issues that I'm experiencing. So,
0: Yeah, yeah. G- given those diagonal cracks above doors and windows, I mean, that's the telltale signs of foundation movement. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, let's – the steps that normally need to take place in order to deal with this is – You've already started. you got the first set of readings. Another set of readings is probably going to have to be taken. Demand letters will end up being sent to the builder. Um, and usually you'll end up getting attorneys involved to write letters and, and all that stuff uh, okay. before they'll step in and do anything. Let's head to Duncanville. And surely this is Jim. How can I help you?
3: Uh, yes, good afternoon. I'm interested in replacing carpet. With uh, uh, flooring, is not necessarily the true hardwood flooring. So I'm trying to decide, uh, get some suggestions on what's the best flooring. It's not heavy traffic.
0: Okay. Is it in an area where it gets any moisture?
3: No. No, it would actually be, the plan is perhaps the entrance, uh, the formal dining, the living room, and... uh, Probably all areas except bedrooms. I think I'm still interested in keeping a lower pile of carpet in each bedroom. Right. So mainly just in the walk-in areas and the
5: uh, uh, formal dining and living area.
0: Well, and when I ask about moisture, the reason I bring that up is so often uh, people will take out carpet and put wood floors in. And they have a cupping problem because they're getting moisture coming up from underneath the foundation. It comes comes up through the foundation. Um, and they do make floors that can handle that. Wood's not it, but you already mentioned you're not looking at, a, at a true wood. You're probably going to be looking at an engineered wood or a laminate. Now, the advantage that you have with a lot of the engineered woods is... You put down a moisture barrier first, and then the laminate or or the engineered wood sits on top of it, and so it's protected from any moisture that might come up through the, the concrete. And uh, that's called a floating floor. They work great. Okay. Uh, if you're in a moisture area where you might get moisture coming up or a kitchen or bathroom, and this is for other people listening now, um, they actually make floors now that look exactly like wood, go together like wood, uh, but they're waterproof and water resistant. And so those can be used in in the wetter areas, uh, because I don't recommend any type of wood in a, in a kitchen or bathroom. They just don't hold up. Right. Um, uh-huh. Now your yeah. final final choice okay. is tile. They got tile that looks like wood, uh, but Honestly, that's kind of hard to walk on all the time.
3: Uh-huh. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too with respect to tile. As far as installation, um would you recommend a true flooring company or just a general uh GC remodeling uh company?
0: Typically I'm going to tell you get get a, a regular floor company. And okay. the the reason I do say that these, especially floating floors like we were just talking about, they uh-huh. expand and contract with the the weather changes, temperature and moisture, and you've got to have the right gap going all the way around it, or the floor can buckle. Okay. And uh, GCs tend to not to follow the directions as close as they should.
3: Okay. Okay, 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 well, sounds great then. I appreciate a short question I was just torn as to where to begin. So yeah. I appreciate well,
0: it. go take a look at some of the floors at Floor Decor. Okay. And uh, they have a list of contractors who can do the install for you as well.
3: All right, well, sounds great. I appreciate you taking the call.
0: You bet. Take care. Lance in Dallas, how can I help you? I'm good. How are you doing? Wonderful.
4: So I we woke up to our daughter's bedroom being um the carpet being fully soaked and I thought we were maybe dealing with a hot water heater problem but I'm wondering if we maybe have a slab leak or some other problem and I'm just trying to you know get my head around what I what I would be dealing with if if it was a slab leak
0: Well uh in North Texas here. Our our water lines do run through the slab, so it probably is a a, a slab leak of some kind. Uh, but it, your first assumption that it's you know from the water lines is probably correct. Um, is the was it warm water or just cold?
4: No, it's just it's it was no, it's not noticeably warm. We've okay. had I've had that before where I noticed that. Where the drain was running a little bit um, yep. um, out to the outside. This seems to, and it seems to have been slowly moving. Like it was first dark just at the edge of the wall, and now it's like I can see it moving you know, towards the middle of the bedroom.
0: Okay. Well, I, I would recommend you probably shut the water off to the house. Because, yeah, it sounds like you got a water line leak. Uh, you can turn it on you know when when you need to take showers and dishes and different things like that, but the rest of the time let 's leave it off so that we 're not continually flooding the house, and you 'll end up having a leak detection company come in to pinpoint where the leak is. Then it can be decided, do we you know go underneath and and repair it from underneath, or do we got to chip into? the concrete from the top, or maybe it's, you know, just above slab level, but my guess is it's going to be in the concrete itself, so uh, the pinpointing is going to be pretty critical as far as getting it fixed. Got
4: it. So do I start with a plumber, or do I start with a leak detection company?
0: Well, a lot of leak detection companies have plumbers as well, Uh, uh, so... But uh, American Leak Detectors is is one leak detection company, uh, and they do have plumbers that can fix it as well. Okay. Now, you can call my company, Due West, and we do have a a leak detection company that we recommend, and then uh, we can do the repair for you after the fact, because he doesn't do repairs. He just pinpoints where the leaks are. Okay.
4: All right. It sounds like we're in for a little bit of fun.
0: Oh, it's always fun. Homeownership is wonderful, isn't it? It is. It is. <laughs> and
4: I, we we've been lucky in this house and this in the area that it's you know we've gone five years without really anything. So yeah. The first the, our first our first issue. So I think we're pretty lucky.
0: Good. Well, good luck with that. And if, if I can help, by all means, give me a holler. All right. Thank you. You bet. Bye bye. And, you know, most of the time what causes these leaks is the copper pipe is touching another metal, like a piece of rebar or even a nail in the concrete or something like that. And through electrolysis, it gets a pinhole in it. And that's what causes uh, these problems. And that's why he's not seeing a gush of water. It's just growing. And so by shutting the water off, he can minimize other damage.